Everybody loves the touchdown. Throws to the back of the end zone, and it is caught by Holmes. The grand slam. Fly ball to center field. Ethier has done it again. It's a grand slam. The buzzer beater. Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. But how did those players get to that moment? And who built the venue and signed the contracts? Each week, we dig into the business side of sports and give you the answers. This is Sports Business Radio. Now, from our studios in Portland, Oregon, with Sports Business Radio, here's your host, Brian Berger. Well, thanks for checking out the only show in the country dedicated to covering the business side of sports. Happy holidays. Glad you could join us this week in our next segment. It's the Sports Business Radio headlines of the week. Lots going on in Major League Baseball and the NBA. We'll bring you updates on those. In segment three, Sam Amick, our friend from Sports Illustrated, our NBA insider. Training camps have opened. Lots of activity around the NBA, condensing business into Basically 10 days that could have been done in six months. We'll talk to Sam Amick about that in segment three. Then in segment four, someone I've wanted to have on this show for a long time, Tinker Hatfield, the VP of Design and Special Projects for Nike. He has collaborated with Michael Jordan on the Air Jordan brand for 25 plus years. He's going to join me. We'll talk about that collaboration, some of the amazing design work he's done over the years on my favorite basketball shoe, the Air Jordan. That's coming up in segment four. Couple of other notes, visit my sports business blog, download the SBR podcast on demand, just go to sportsbusinessradio.com. I'm on Twitter at SB Radio. Griggs, Albert Pujols leaves the Cardinals, goes to the Angels, 10 years, $250 million. Artie Moreno, the owner of the Angels, bought the team in 2003 for $180 million. How times have changed. <laughs> That's a shocking stat. When you told me that, I was just like, wow. He just kind of blows you back. You're like, that is just unbelievable. Well, and I wonder, will Cards fans be as upset about Pujols bolting for L.A. as Cleveland fans were when LeBron left Cleveland from Miami? Do they see this as a cash grab and an icon leaving? Or will they go, you know what, he brought us two world championships he gave us some great baseball, and uh, we wish him well, and we're actually glad that we're not paying him 10 years and $25 million a year. That will be interesting to see that reaction. Coming up next, we'll discuss the Pujols contract and many other things in headlines. Tiger Woods gets back to his winning ways after two years. That's all coming up next. I'm Brian Berger, and you're listening to Sports Business Radio. This is SBR, back with more after this. It's the age of new media and citizen journalism. Everyone with a smartphone and a flip cam is a reporter and everything is on the record. I'm Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio, and I team with former Nike executive Lee Weinstein to form media training company Everything is on the Record. With a combined 40 years of experience dealing with the media and helping our clients craft authentic messages, we'll help you navigate the tricky media landscape that exists today. Everything is on the record has provided media training to pro and college athletes, coaches and executives, as well as to government leaders and CEOs. We'll teach you how to break through the clutter with your messages and we'll also assist you when you find yourself in crises. It's time for an innovative new approach to media training that best fits the world we live in today. For more information about Everything is on the Record, visit us online at everythingisontherecord.com. Contact us today to learn more about our innovative approach to media training and how we can meet your specific needs. 
Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at everythingisontherecord.com. It's time, baby. Special news bulletin. At Sports Business Radio, we're always on top of what's happening in the world of sports. And each week, we break down the stories you need to know about. This is Headlines. I want to be in the headlines. On Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio. It's time for this week's Sports Business Headlines. And the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim have done some Christmas shopping a little bit early. And oh, did they spend some money. On Thursday, the team signed Albert Pujols, the king, the prize of the free agent market, for a whopping 10-year deal, $250 million, Griggs. And as I said in the opening segment... This is more than Artie Moreno, the Angels owner, paid for the entire team when he bought them in 2003, $180 million. Pujols' contract breaks out to about $154,000 a game over the 162 season or game schedule over the course of the season. That's a lot of money. Wow, yeah, and uh, <laughs> what a great Christmas gift he got this year, huh? <laughs> well, what a, what a gift he gave to his fans. And the reason yeah. the Angels can do this is they sell a lot of tickets. They're going to sell even more now. Imagine all the Pujols jerseys they're going to sell. They can go to their TV partner now and say, hey, we got Pujols, the marquee guy in baseball. We want more money. They're going to monetize this, especially in Los Angeles. For Albert Pujols, he's played in a great baseball market of St. Louis, but it's a smaller media market. Now he goes to the number two media market in the country, L.A. Look for him to start signing some more endorsements. Really next to Kobe Bryant, the biggest name in Los Angeles. This is also a shot across the bow to the Dodgers. The Dodgers have always been the big team in Los Angeles. They just signed Matt Kemp, their star, to a $126 million deal, I believe. They've got Clayton Kershaw, the reigning Cy Young Award winner. The Angels needed to do something to come up with a face to their franchise. And with Pujols, the best player in baseball over the last 10 or 15 years, they've absolutely done that. And the Angels were not done with Pujols. Later in the day on Thursday, they signed pitcher C.J. Wilson, formerly of the Texas Rangers, five years, $75 million. So check this out. In 2013, the Angels are going to pay Pujols, Vernon Wells, Jared Weaver, and C.J. Wilson more than the entire payroll of the Kansas City Royals or the San Diego Padres. Just, (laughs) Just those guys will get more than the Padres or the Royals, the entire team. Oh, man, and that tells you the value of having a big market like L.A. because the money is there for this kind of thing. Well, and that's why a few years ago, Artie Moreno didn't want to be the Anaheim Angels anymore. He wanted to be the Los Angeles Angels because he wanted that bigger market size and the ability to go to a TV network and say, hey, we're not just Orange County, we're all of Los Angeles, we're a bigger footprint And it looks like it's probably going to pay off. The other key thing here with Pujols going to the Angels is he can DH. So a lot of people thought, oh my gosh, 10 years, the guy's 31 years old. He's going to be 41 when the deal's done. Look, in five years, six years, when he doesn't want to play first base anymore, you can DH him. I still think this is a bad contract in the last four or five years, but... If the Angels can monetize this with their TV partner, with merchandise sales, with ticket sales on the front end of this thing, I think they can make it pay off at the end of the day. Yeah, and, and if he continues to hit well, too, the DH thing could be good in the last three, four years of his, uh, of his contract. If he's still pounding the ball out of the park, then you know, he's going to keep that, that you know, momentum going. So we'll see. 
The other guy who's a big winner on this, I think, is Prince Fielder, who is lurking for potentially the Cardinals, the Cubs. There are teams now that want to fill a void, teams that thought they might be in on Albert Pujols that didn't get him. Look, if, you, if the Cards were to sign Prince Fielder, I'm not saying he's Albert Pujols, but he's pretty darn close. He's four years younger. You can probably get him for less money than you can Albert Pujols. But Scott Boris is the agent for Albert or for uh, Prince Fielder, so I'm sure he's going to say, "Hey, my guy's four years younger. He's got a longer career ahead of him. My guy should get even more money than Albert Pujols did." Good luck with that. Our next headline. This is. A sick one and disgusting one. We'll go back to uh, the police blotter here. But Jerry Sandusky on Wednesday, taken away from his home in handcuffs, arrested, more child sex abuse charges filed. You know what? Finally, this guy is behind bars, Griggs, where he belonged from day one. If you remember, he got out on $100,000 bail. His backyard overlooks an elementary school. So this guy has been out which is beyond me. Now at least he's beyond or he's behind bars and you know it seems like every week there's new charges coming out against him, new allegations coming out against him from people coming forward saying they were abused by him. It's a sick story. It's going to continue to go on and on for years because people are going to become more bold, they're going to come out with their stories. And look for a lot of civil suits against Sandusky, probably against Joe Paterno, and definitely against Penn State. Yeah, and, and something like this is something that it's not you know a one-time thing usually these guys. I mean, it's something that they've been doing for a, a while or with more than one guy. They're and, predators. Yeah, they're predators. So it's not like, oh, he just did it once, no worry about it. He's got a, he's got a list. Right. And that's why so many people are mad with Joe Paterno and may become angry with Jim Beheim is when they could have done something about it, they didn't. They turned a blind eye. And then how many more cases of abuse took place after that when a stop could have been put to the predator? All right. Our next headline, NBA training camps started Friday and the NBA ratified their CBA, there's going to be some interesting new changes to the CBA. We know we've talked about the 51.2% and things like that. But there are some other interesting things. The luxury tax is going to remain for $1 this season and next. So we told you first two years, things aren't really going to change. But after that, then the luxury tax is going to go up. Teams have to spend 80% of their cap this season, then 85% and 90%. Training camp compensation, $2,000 a week beginning next season. That's pretty good. Uh, Player salaries prorated for the lockout. So they're going to get 66 of 82. So they're playing 66 games of 82. Um, They're going to get more money for all-star participation. So more incentive. A lot of guys, hey, you know what? I'm hurt at the all-star break or I want to take the weekend off to rest. You're going to get more money to do that. Um, If you get traded. There's a housing reimbursement, $4,500 for three months following your trade. So $4,500 a month for housing. And then uh, players are going to have steroid testing, but you can't be tested at the arena on game night. Off-season drug testing is going to begin 2012-2013, maximum of two times for steroids and performance enhancing drugs. So those are some of the new parts of the CBA. In our next segment, Sam Amick is going to join us. We'll talk more NBA. Lots of rumors about Chris Paul, that he could be traded by Christmas. We'll break those down with Sam Amick in our next segment. 
Uh, Tiger Woods, our next headline. Tiger Woods, two years, 26 tournaments, Griggs. He's finally back on the scoreboard with a W. He wins the Chevron Open. He played great down the stretch. He was uh, he had birdies on 17 and 18, so he got it done at the end, made a 15-foot putt on 17, 6-foot putt on 18. He looked like the Tiger Woods of old, aggressive and charging down the stretch. Good to see him win. Good for golf for him to win. So you, in the last month, you've had Tiger Woods uh, get the clinching victory at the President's Cup. Now he's won a tournament. Maybe good things ahead for Tiger Woods in 2012. Yeah, and uh, you know he's just got that addicting personality because I wasn't going to watch that tournament, and then you find out. You st- I start you know seeing on Twitter and everything. Tiger's in it, and I'm like, oh, here I am watching it on Sunday, you know. And it's just like uh, it was fun to see him get. You know, he he like you say he had that drive. He had the fist pump going. He was definitely into it. You could tell he knew he could win this one, and and he did. And it was it was fun to see it. Well, and it was great timing for the PGA. The PGA at the end of this year, they're negotiating their new TV. So, you know, if you're Tim Fincham, the commissioner of the PGA, you're going to the TV partners and saying, hey, you've been watching Tiger lately? I think he's back. Tiger's going to be in the mix. That's why you better pony up with the big money for the TV deals. All right, coming up next, Sam Amick, our NBA insider from SportsIllustrated.com. Lots of rumors about Chris Paul potentially on the move. Other activity being crammed into about two weeks in the NBA, business that could have been done over five to six months if there wasn't a lockout. We'll catch up with Sam Amick about everything NBA coming up next. Then it's Tinker Hatfield, the brains behind the Air Jordan design, the guy who's collaborated with Michael Jordan for 25-plus years. He'll drop by. I'm Brian Berger. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Stay in touch with SBR on Twitter, twitter.com slash SBRadio. I met a man who lives in Tennessee, and he was heading for... Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is David Stern. He's the commissioner of the NBA. It is always a pleasure, Brian. Bill Hancock, he's the executive director of the Bull Championship Series. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. My guest is Mickey Loomis. He's the executive vice president and general manager of the world champion New Orleans Saints. Pleasure to be with you guys. Mr. Allen, thanks for joining me. Thank you. My guest is Mark Emmert. He's the president of the NCAA. Oh, happy to join you. My pleasure. My guest is Eric Spolstra. He's the head coach of the Miami Heat. Brian, appreciate it. Glad to to be on the show. Mr. Nicholas, it's an honor to have you on Sports Business Radio. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Brian. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com and subscribe to our free iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio. This is Sports Business Radio. Our NBA insider, Sam Amick of SI.com and NBAconfidential.com, joins me now. Good morning, Sam. How are you? I'm doing great, Mr. Berger. How are you? Good. It's hot and heavy today. Isn't it nice to be talking about, like, actual player moves and things like that instead of the lockout? It is. It is, without question. I'm not going to complain. I will admit that, uh, you know, the only silver lining to the labor situation was you could have, you know, laser focus on one particular group of people and the scenarios they're in, whereas, uh, you know, now we're getting pulled in 30 different directions. But uh, but it's fun. There's a lot going on. So lots of ground to cover with you in the next few minutes. Let's start here in Portland. Reports out this morning, Greg Oden is going to sign the one-year qualifying offer, $8.9 million. Uh, your thoughts on that? 
No, not a shocker. I think, uh, you know, obviously they've stood by him through thick and thin and everything he's been through injury-wise. You know, he feels like, uh, you know, it's going to be yet another shot to get on his feet. Um, You know, I think that one, uh, you know, we saw coming, and I think it's great for the Blazers. There's still some hope that that he could become a huge part of what they're doing going forward. And, I mean, admittedly, um, you know, it's not often you see a guy who's literally spent years upon years dealing with injuries and and still – you know, have it not result in the end of his career. Uh, it's probably a testament to you know the 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 size of his talent and then the size of of the guy himself. So, you know, I hope for his sake that uh, that it goes in the right direction, and and I think it's a good move for the Blazers. Do you see Greg Oden in Portland beyond this season? I don't. Uh, without completely breaking down their cap number, you know that that I would say I would agree with you from the standpoint that. Listen, if it goes south and he gets hurt again, then they give up. And if it goes north and it goes great, then, you know, the market is going to be off the charts. Um, So in that respect, I would agree with you. All right, let's move on and talk about Tyson Chandler. Talk about a guy who's going to get paid. He won a championship with the Mavericks. Now it looks like the Knicks and the Warriors in hot pursuit. Uh, Reports out this morning that the Warriors have offered him a four-year, $60 million offer sheet, but the Knicks are trying to move ahead of the Warriors. Uh, What's the latest with Tyson Chandler? Still trying to get clarity. My read at the moment is that uh, I think the Knicks will probably ultimately get him. Um, the Warriors, I think, to be honest with you, that might have been a, an 11th hour, you know, PR attempt to make sure that people knew they gave it, you know, they gave it a shot. You know, if if the you know the numbers are going to bear out, if Tyson signs for less than you know what was out there about the Warriors, which I was told was accurate, but it has been disputed elsewhere. Um, that'll be interesting to see. But you know, I think the uh, in the end, I think the Warriors get outbid on Chandler, and and then I was told they're going to take a you know, shift gears and go after DeAndre Jordan and the Clippers pretty hard, so we'll see how that unfolds. So Chris Paul has let it be known that the team that acquires Tyson Chandler, his good friend, and they played together in New Orleans, would have the leg up on getting him. The problem is, Sam, if you're paying Amari Stoudemire, Carmelo Anthony, and Tyson Chandler, you don't really have any more money to pay Chris Paul. How does that work out? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, they might just be giving up on Chris, you know what I mean? They might look at that as, as a very good core, and then, and then you find yourself a high-level point guard in some other capacity. I don't know what the plan is there. I just know that, you know, clearly they're not content uh, just waiting around another season for, for another piece to become, you know, very, very legitimate. Um, you know, Stoudemire and Chandler would be a serious front line. You know, I think style-wise would fit very well with Carmelo. Um and, and, you know, and again, the, who, who the heck plays point, I don't know, because Chauncey Billups uh, would probably have to get amnestied in this situation, and, and it does sound like the Knicks are suddenly uh, open to that possibility. Um, so I don't know how it will look, but uh, it's, it's kind of a, it's a, new, it's a new look for the Knicks right now. We're joined by Sam Amick of SI.com and NBAconfidential.com. He's our NBA insider. Let's talk about Chris Paul. Lots of chatter about the Warriors, the Clippers, the Celtics. Where do you think Chris Paul will wind up, and do you think that he will be traded by the start of the season? Uh, I think, well, again, fluid. Uh, The Lakers are kind of, uh, you know, once again, kind of coming to the fore today. Uh, The Houston, it sounds like, is trying to to get involved in the three-team deal with New Orleans and the Lakers. So that's a possibility. Beyond that, you know, I think Del Demps uh, kind of has a, a bittersweet taste for the Celtics, uh, you know, pieces and what might be possible there. Despite the fact that Chris doesn't want to play in Boston, uh, you know, Danny Ainge is, is is on a you know a warpath 
to land him and, and you know, really honestly and I think shockingly of appears to be willing to, to, to blow up, you know, his team and, and its current state to, to get Chris on that team. And that would include, you know, uh, Rajon Rondo and multiple draft picks, you know, two first round draft picks potentially, you know, a sign and trade with Jeff Green. I mean, it would be a, a very healthy package that I think Dale Demps would have a hard time passing up. And is the thinking there, you get Chris Paul in and then you have money during next summer to go after Dwight Howard? Yeah. Um, Shoot, Brian, I apologize. It's it's hot and heavy, and I just got distracted. Throw that one at me again. So if the Celtics give up all of these assets, including Rajon Rondo, for Chris Paul, is Danny Ainge just thinking, all right, Chris Paul, come here, have a chance to win yeah. a ring this year, and then next summer we'll go try and bring you Dwight Howard? Yeah, and I think it's pretty tough to pass up. Obviously, you know, obviously if, you know, say Chris knows hypothetically that, that for whatever reason Dwight has no interest in Boston, well, that would be, a you know, unfortunate for Danny Ainge and, and a deal killer. Uh, down the road, but I, that is the strategy. It seems is Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen both come off the books. You know, you then instead of having the big three, uh, you know, you you feel pretty good with the big two. But I mean, it'd be a big three with Paul Pierce. So I mean, it would be Paul Pierce and and Chris Paul and, and Dwight Howard, and that would be incredibly formidable. And and I'd probably bet my mortgage that they'd at least be in the uh, the Eastern Conference Finals. So I think that is what he's thinking. Let's talk about the Miami Heat. Shane Battier and it looks like Eddie Curry on their way to Miami. Uh, I think Battier is a great pickup for the Heat. Great locker room guy, good coach on the floor, and I think a stabilizing force with uh, that team. No, he'll be great. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's not necessarily the way I saw him going, but uh, I think it'll be fun to watch. They were already just you know ridiculous on the perimeter defensively, and you know you had a guy that I mean, listen, Shane's you know he's coming up. On- He's a little bit, and he's not a young pup, but uh, I don't think he's as much on the downside as a lot of people do think. Uh, I thought he was very good with Memphis last year. You know, he and Tony Allen both played a huge part defensively in, in what they were doing. So, interesting pick, and, and listen, I always love it when guys, you know, go for the ring instead of the money, uh, and that's that's what he's doing. Richard Jefferson is going to be amnestied in San Antonio. Looks like San Antonio is going to try and get in on either Karan Butler or Josh Howard. Where might Richard Jefferson end up? We shall see. I mean, honestly, I don't have a short list on Richard. Um, you know, it'll be an interesting process because with that waiver wire, it's the offers come in and, and you know, and then the Spurs are hoping somebody pays you know, some new version of top dollar because that's, you know, that would equate to the savings on their end. Um, you know, the the Kings were one in my corner of the country, you know, one thing that I, I was curious about because they need a veteran presence, although they just got John Salmon. So we'll see. I mean, that's a fresh one. And, uh, you know, I think he'll have some interest, Not you know, obviously not at the number that he was committed to with the Spurs, but uh, he's still got, you know, some some value. Going back to the Blazers, Blazers come out this week. I had Chad Buchanan on the show a few days ago, and they say they're not going to amnesty Brandon Roy. A, do you believe that? B, if they don't, is that a prudent decision on their part, in your opinion? Um, I don't know what to make of that. It's it's strange because it was so overwhelming, the, the you know, the rumblings and the buzz that, that he was going to be amnestied, you know, um, at the uh, the expense of some of the the current guys that you know that, that played so well this season. I don't know. We'll see where that goes. I mean, you know, you're closer to it than I am, Brian. But you know, I, I feel like it's one of those things that, you know, if things don't go well a month and a half from now, they obviously could change their mind. So this is the direction they're, they're picking at the start of the season, and uh, you know, and I'll, I'll be watching closely to see 
I mean, if he's if he's not productive, he's not effective, and and things just become obvious uh, that he shouldn't be in the starting lineup, then uh, then I could definitely see it going back the other way. Well, isn't this going to be an interesting year? I mean, this is going to be like survival of the fittest. You've got a 66-game <laughs> schedule. The Blazers have a six-game roadie, a seven-game roadie. You've got tons of back-to-backs. You've got instances where there's three consecutive nights of games. Really, injuries and depth are going to be key parts of having success for this year's championship, aren't they? They will be. I know, absolutely. I mean, it's a it's a hot and heavy run. Uh, hey, just to correct myself real quickly on the last comment, you know, I forgot that on the amnesty, you got to decide before the start of the season. So it's uh, it's you know it's all or nothing uh, once uh, December 25th hits for Portland. So you know, interesting move there. Um, as far as the schedule and, and health, and you're dead on. I mean, you know, Ricky Rubio, the the uh, Spanish sensation point guard who just went to Minnesota. I thought it was funny yesterday. Saw a video of him talking about the schedule when he was, you know, his his youthful innocence was was hilarious because he says he goes, oh, I look at schedule and it says. Uh, Chicago, Sacramento, and uh, and Minnesota, and L.A. all in four days. How are we going to do that? <laughs> I mean, you know, he's, these guys are not used to it. It doesn't matter if you're a Euro guy or, or you know, homegrown. I mean, this is a pace that uh, none of them have, have ever done before. Last question. Dallas Mavericks, obviously the defending world champs, looks like their roster is falling apart. I mean, Tyson Chandler's going to leave. Berea could leave. Karan Butler probably not coming back. Is Mark Cuban trying to hold on for next summer when guys like Darren Williams could become a free agent? Darren is a Dallas native, and maybe you want to hold on and hold on to that money for him? Yeah, I mean, that's the, uh, that is the strategy. I'm not sure I agree with it. I, you know, I think they could have gone for broke to get another title and kind of, you know, increase Dirk's legacy in, in that era as opposed to, I think it's a little bit ill-fated to, to try to build in a way where you're trying to get, you know, five, six more championship caliber years out of Dirk, and, and I could be wrong on that, but it's a pretty, uh, you know, it's a pretty direct and distinct change of direction. They, uh, they won a title, they enjoyed it, and now they have visions of Darren Williams or Chris Paul or any of those guys running the team instead of Jason Kidd and not with Tyson Chandler and not with Jason Terry and and you know, but still with Dirk at the core. So uh, you know, that's it's a dicey move. Well, and the next two years are so important because really, after this first two years of the new CBA, things change, and it's going to be harder to acquire players and sign free agents, and just for players to change teams. So I think that's why you see everyone hot and heavy after Chris Paul and Dwight Howard and Darren Williams right now, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. I think uh, you know, as much as they attempted in the new CBA to. To, to kind of railroad some of this movement and player leverage, you know, especially this season with the luxury tax not kicking in yet, the, the new more punitive tax, you know, it's uh, it's business as usual, and uh, and it'll be that way for a little while. And then you're right, teams are trying to be ahead of the curve on this thing. You know, uh, right now it, it really looks like, you know, Darren Williams, I think, you know, maybe his fate goes all the way to next summer. But beyond that, we very well might know, you know, guys like Chris Paul, Dwight Howard, where they're going to be for the future, you know, long before the season comes to an end. Always great information from Sam Amick, our friend with SportsIllustrated.com and NBAConfidential.com. Follow him on Twitter at Sam underscore Amick, A-M-I-C-K. Sam, thanks for making the time to catch up, and we'll talk to you again uh, hopefully next week. Absolutely. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Sam. Podcast this show and any other past SBR episode at SportsBusinessRadio.com. Back with more SBR after this. Where are you, Christmas? Why can't I find you? Why have you gone away? 
Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. It's no secret that we're battling a tough economy these days. It's more difficult than ever for companies to position their brand in a unique way and reach their target audience. Sports Business Radio can help you, though. Sports Business Radio is syndicated in markets nationwide. Our popular podcast is regularly rated in the top 100 business news podcasts on iTunes and has listeners around the world. But our radio network and podcast aren't the only places your company will receive exposure when you join our family of sponsors. We'll also give you exposure via sportsbusinessradio.com and at our new Sports Executive Speaker Series events, which feature a conversation with a key decision maker from the world of sports in front of a live audience. And best of all, we can expose your product to the big-name guests that appear on our show. We'd love to have you on our team. Please contact me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com or at 503-701-2215 if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of Sports Business Radio. The website is sportsbusinessradio.com. We are scheduled to be joined by Tinker Hatfield momentarily. He's the Vice President of Design and Special Projects for Nike. He is the designer behind the Air Jordan brand, more than 25 years of collaborating with Michael Jordan on creating the Air Jordan shoes. Fortune magazine named Tinker as one of the 100 most influential designers of the century. Tinker's Air Jordan design work is featured in the National Smithsonian Museum for Design. So, the shoes that we have, signed not only by Michael Jordan, by Tinker Hatfield as well, only pair ever that's been signed by the two of them together. And they're being auctioned off to raise money for a terrific organization, Ronald McDonald House Charities of Oregon and Southwest Washington. And I'm joined right now on the phone by Tinker Hatfield. Tinker, how are you? I'm good, Brian. And how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for uh, taking the time. And thanks so much as a board member of Ronald McDonald House. And I know you have a great relationship with Executive Director Tom Soma. But thanks so much for donating these unique pair of shoes. Tell us about the shoes and how you and Michael got together to donate these to Ronald McDonald House. Well, uh, you know, uh, Mike, Michael Jordan actually has a, a long-time relationship with uh, McDonald's and the Ronald McDonald House. And uh, when I approached him with the request to uh, sign a pair of shoes, he was just more than happy to do so. And uh, I don't do that very much because he's, he's uh, an extremely busy guy, but, and, and I don't really like to impose like that. But for charity, especially in this case, uh, it was worth worth it to me, and certainly he felt worth it himself, so that's great. And these are from his personal collection, right? They are uh, his size, from his stash, if you will, you know, of shoes that we send him, and so uh, that makes them uh, a little more unique than normal. He, he has never worn them, they're brand new, but they are nonetheless uh, his, his, uh, from his personal collection. You were correct, sir. And you wrote a letter of authenticity, uh, making sure that anyone who purchases these shoes knows that these are the real thing. That's correct. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think that uh, sort of in this day of cynicism, um, you know, you have to uh, maybe go to a little extra uh, effort to make sure that things are what they appear to be. So, uh, so I've done that. Let's talk about your relationship with Michael Jordan and the Air Jordan brand, the most recognized brand of basketball shoes in the history of the world. When's the first time you met Michael Jordan? How did you guys uh, meet? Well, I, I met him uh, in an apartment in his uh, uh, in Chicago when he was first uh, playing for the for the Bulls. 
And uh, it was because I had been thrown um, the pro- a, pro- a project, which was to, to design his basketball shoes. So that uh, was in 19, uh, let's see, 1985. So um, right right during the basketball season, as a matter of fact, the early, early part of the basketball season, uh, just about this time of year. And then you two have collaborated on every pair of Air Jordans since. Explain to our listeners how that process works. How early, before you release the shoes, are you getting together and saying, all right, let's go through all the ideas for the next pair of Air Jordans? Yeah, well, Brian, it's, uh, it, it, it really is a, is a fun process, and it does change from year to year. And, um, but I would say that, um, that you kind of captured it. Um, I usually go visit him with, uh, with some ideas, uh, usually um, you know, performance ideas first, because after all, we're always trying to make his shoes better, better basketball shoes for you know, the best players in the world. So that's one thing that, that I do. I come in with uh, new performance ideas. And usually that, those ideas are based on things that he has mentioned or that I've observed or one way or another uh, you know, come from someplace. And then, uh, and then we start talking about, uh, you, know, um, you know, design influences. And sometimes that can take the form of, well, you know, what's, what's hip and cool in the world of architecture or music or uh, you know, automobile design and, and kind of just start, start to, um, you know, get a picture for uh, what a shoe could look like. And that's always layered on top of this performance, um, you know, uh, you know, process. So Michael's very involved with this process, correct? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think some people sometimes question whether or not he spends as much time as we say he does. But uh, he's unique. He, he likes the design process. He uh, enjoys um, creativity and um, and you know he's always uh, he's always given us uh, time and uh, his full attention and he has a great uh, uh, eye for detail and it's just been it's been fun all the way along and I think he's enjoyed it uh, very much. What's the most outside the box design idea that the two of you may have had that never made it to the shoe? <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, that's uh, no one's actually no one after all these years and all the interviews. No one's ever asked me that question. Um, uh, basically, Brian, whatever we say goes. So <laughs> that's good. So you've got creative uh, control to the hill. Uh, uh, you know, it's a it's a rare project that that uh, that uh, two people can have so much control over the end product. But in in reality, um, we do control it both he and I together as a team. And uh, uh, there have been many many times when people have uh, have thought that we were crazy or, and that we were designing something that couldn't be sold or whatever. But uh, uh, you know, if we if he signs off on it and I sign off on it. Um, together uh, it's a done deal so we haven't really had anything that really hasn't made it to the marketplace from you know from going through our process that's pretty good we're joined by tinker hatfield nike's vice president of design and special projects so i remember that first air jordan commercial where michael jordan is on the playground and he's got those first pair of air jordans on and you hear like the airplane engine firing up how have things changed with shoes from then to now? Because shoes are lighter, technology's better. Explain that to us. Well, you know, we've done a lot of research with athletes, you know, through our uh, sports, re- uh, sports research lab here at Nike. Um, but um, really, I think the, the, the biggest thing that's, that's happened over the years, uh, and you, you again pegged it, is, is uh, just the improvement in the quality and the 
purposefulness of new materials. And so we incorporate the latest materials, whether they're, they're from NASA or from NASCAR. I mean, uh, we look for materials all over the world, and we also develop our own. And I think the you know, better materials and, uh, and uh, you know, combined with good sports research uh, have really made shoes uh, not only lighter weight, um, but more protective and, and uh, safer for the athletes, which is always a big deal. People kind of maybe forget about the fact that, uh, you, know, uh, you know, injury prevention is probably foremost in most athletes' minds. Before I let you go, uh, talk about the Ronald McDonald House Charities. Again, I know you're good friends with Tom Soma, the executive director here in Portland, but I know they're near and dear to your heart. Absolutely. You know, uh, of course, uh, uh, we're, you know, we're, we should all be uh, paying it forward in some way or another and, and to help especially young people uh, through difficult times and their families is extremely important. And um, I, again, I've known Tom for a number of years and, and, uh, and certainly been kind of on the fringe of the of the Ronald McDonald charities. And I, I just think it's a great program and, and uh, uh, have chosen to help out when I can. So, uh, and, and that's just, uh, that's just something that uh, I think everybody should be trying to do if they're able. And the shoes that we're auctioning off this week, again, only pair that's ever been signed by both you and Michael Jordan, correct? I think that is one of the unique aspects of this particular uh, pair of shoes is that we both signed uh, 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 the, the pair. And um, I don't know why we've never done it before. I, I think that you know, a lot of times it, it just never kind of occurred to me to do it that way. And you know, we both uh, sign products uh, you know, from time to time, but we just never have done it together. So here it is. You, you're right. It's the first time. Well, I really appreciate your donation, and uh, what a fantastic item for someone out there. Only pair of shoes signed by you and Michael Jordan. Tinker Hatfield, I have enjoyed your work thoroughly over the years, and it's a pleasure to get to talk to you. And again, thank you for this generous donation. Well, thank you, Brian, and uh, and certainly uh, we all wish uh, wish that uh, wish for you know you know young people and their families to get through this holiday season in the best way possible. And I, I certainly um, I, I would like to acknowledge uh, Tom Soma and his entire staff, and and you, Brian, as a part of the board, uh, and and just say that thank thank you from the community for helping uh, people in need. And uh, let's uh, let's hope that there's a generous person out there that really wants to get their hands on a pair of cool shoes. Yeah, sneakerheads, sports collectors. I mean, I'm sure you're hit up all the time. Has anyone ever come to you and said, hey, can you do a, a one-off pair of Air Jordans for us or anything like that? Oh, man, I, I, just about every day. I, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, famous athletes and, and uh, celebrities of all kinds are, are uh, always looking for unique things, uh, you know, looking for something that no one else has. And uh, we have we have pretty much have to say no to just about everybody. But uh, every once in a while, something hap- something pops up that gets uh, specially made. Um, but but most, more importantly, um, you know, we just want to do a great job, of, uh, you know, developing products for people who play sports and recreate and, and work, you know, try to become fit. So that's that's really job number one. Well, you're doing a great job. Do you have a favorite pair of Air Jordans ever? My favorite pair um, is the the Jordan 11, and uh, those are um, probably, uh, I think, 
easily recognized because they're, they were the first pair of basketball shoes ever that had a carbon fiber shank inside them with a clear outsole so you could see the carbon fiber shank. But also, it's the shoe that first came out with patent leather all around the sort of the rim. Of I remember the those. And I like that pair the best uh, because it, it occurred, uh, that design occurred when Michael was retired. And uh, everybody at Nike told me to just stop, um, that we weren't going to be selling Jordans anymore. And since he wasn't playing anymore, they probably wouldn't sell anyway and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I, uh, I felt like, uh, you know, that, w- this was a, that was a good opportunity to do something, uh, you know, special. And so I worked really hard on that project and found Michael you know, in Birmingham, Alabama, playing baseball and met with him on the shoe. And <laughs> so uh, we just kind of kept it going. And he was fully, of course, behind uh, keeping the keeping the Air Jordan project alive, even though, again, he had no, at the time, no intention of playing basketball anymore. And fortunately, uh, we, we per- persevered and got the shoe done and uh, got worn by boys to men on uh, American Music Awards in, while wearing tuxedos, uh, which was just like a unheard of thing for you know for the world of basketball shoes and then uh then michael uh, came out of retirement and won an nba an nba championship in the in that shoe so uh that's my favorite perfect timing well i'll tell you i've played basketball my whole life the only shoes i've ever worn are the air jordans and i'm not just saying that so uh sure you are you're no, I'm just uh well I, we appreciate that you know it's uh it, you know we really do try to make you know the best shoes possible and uh, and uh, and uh, it, you know testimonials like that are great. We appreciate it. Thank you, Tinker. So thank you so much for everything for your donation, and thanks for making the time to join me today on the show. You're welcome, Brian. Keep up the good work. That's, that's great. Happy holidays. All right, thanks. Thank you. Bye bye. Stay in the know at SportsBusinessRadio.com. Podcasts, blogs, and more. SBR. We'll be right back. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, you would even say it glows. All of the other reindeer. It's the age of new media and citizen journalism. Everyone with a smartphone and a flip cam is a reporter and everything is on the record. I'm Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio, and I team with former Nike executive Lee Weinstein to form media training company Everything is on the Record. With a combined 40 years of experience dealing with the media and helping our clients craft authentic messages, we'll help you navigate the tricky media landscape that exists today. Everything is on the record has provided media training to pro and college athletes, coaches and executives, as well as to government leaders and CEOs. We'll teach you how to break through the clutter with your messages and we'll also assist you when you find yourself in crises. It's time for an innovative new approach to media training that best fits the world we live in today. For more information about Everything is on the Record, visit us online at everythingisontherecord.com. Contact us today to learn more about our innovative approach to media training and how we can meet your specific needs. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at everythingisontherecord.com. This is Sports Business Radio. We're back, and it's been announced that Madonna is going to be the halftime performer for the upcoming Super Bowl on February 5th in Indianapolis. And Griggs, I'm a little surprised by this ever since the Justin Timberlake, Janet Jackson incident on CBS. Uh, The Bridgestone Super Bowl halftime show, they've gone with some older acts who, you know, they know they're not going to push the envelope too much. We've seen the Rolling Stones. We've seen U2. We've seen Billy Joel, The Who. Madonna is someone who, over the course of her career, 
Oh, she pushed the envelope. So NBC is broadcasting this game. If they don't want to get fined by the FCC, they better have a nice little delay set up. So if she does anything inappropriate for the FCC censors, that uh, it's not going to get uh, them a fine. Yeah, and when I saw that released, uh, Madonna's going to be doing it, I kind of instantly I, it took me back to the Jan Jackson thing because, yeah, Madonna's, I mean, hello, push the envelope. She was like started the whole envelope. <laughs> yeah, she made out with Britney Spears at the MTV yeah. uh, Music Awards. And even back when she started, you know, Like a Virgin, songs like that, it was like blew the music industry away. So I don't know. I'm a little worried about this. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. The other thing I wanted to just say before the show is, you know, I took my daughter to go see Santa Claus the other day. And I think one of the biggest ripoffs of the Christmas season is the photos around taking your child to see Santa. They want to charge you like $36 for like a little... Uh, you know, five by seven picture, and here's a little keychain that you can take with the picture of your child and Santa, and what a racket. It is, but, you know, they do have to feed the reindeer. So I hear reindeer food is kind of spendy. It's not, actually. <laughs> I make it every year with my daughter. If you want the reindeer food recipe, get a bunch of dried oatmeal, throw some glitter into it, mix it up, and there's your reindeer food. You throw it out the night before Christmas with your child, like I do with my daughter, and uh, the reindeer have no problem finding your house. It's great. Yeah, you're probably right. So it's, it's a ripoff. Let's, let's right. agree on that. All right, a lot of thank yous on the show this week. Sam Amick from Sports Illustrated. Tinker Hatfield, a pleasure to talk to him from Nike. Great information from him, great insight, good stories. Our show staff, Brian Griggs, Josh Blank, Jared Melzer, Darren Peck, Ron Barr, James Harris, Doug Zanger, and Max Waterman. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast every week. Just click on the iTunes icon on the front page of sportsbusinessradio.com to have our show podcast downloaded to your iTunes every week. We'd love it if you post a review of our podcast on iTunes. Remember, last two shows of the year, top 20 sports business radio stories of the year. If you've got your submissions, send them to me at brian, B-R-I-A-N, at sportsbusinessradio.com. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week right here on Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Brian Berger goes one on one with the biggest names. My guest is David Stern. He's the commissioner of the NBA. It is always a pleasure, Brian. Bill Hancock. He's the executive director of the Bull Championship Series. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. My guest is Mickey Loomis. He's the executive vice president and general manager of the world champion New Orleans Saints. Pleasure to be with you guys. Mr. Allen, thanks for joining me. Thank you. My guest is Mark Emmert. He's the president of the NCAA. Oh, happy to join you. My pleasure. My guest is Eric Spolstra. He's the head coach of the Miami Heat. Brian, appreciate it. Glad to, uh, glad to be on the show. Mr. Nicholas, it's an honor to have you on Sports Business Radio. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Brian. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com and subscribe to our free iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio.